welcome back to Beyond Sunday School, and uh, we are starting a, a new season here uh, at the beginning of 2022, and we are, uh, we are looking at the resurrection. So uh, I couldn't come up with a great tongue-in-cheek title for this one, so I just went with uh, what's up with the resurrection or what's up with resurrection or something along those lines. And, um, so we're going to, we're going to spend the next number of weeks, uh, at the NBA on Sunday school, looking at, uh, the resurrection. And this is, this is one of those really important topics in the, uh, in, in the faith of Christianity, right? Um, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians chapter 15 says that, if Jesus uh, wasn't resurrected, then uh, we we are our faith is our faith is useless. So uh, this whole resurrection thing is a big deal. There's an old saying uh, from that from that time around Jesus, um, which was, uh, you know, what good is a dead Messiah? So there's there's no there's nothing good in a in a dead Messiah, and. Uh, so that's that's what uh, that's what we're what we're going to be uh, talking about here is is resurrection. So let me pray and uh, and we'll get rolling here. Heavenly Father, thanks thanks for uh, this time together. I pray that we might learn a little bit and and grow in our faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. So uh, as we think about resurrection, uh, one of the things that we need to we need to kind of wrestle with or think a little bit about are some of the cultural conceptions of death. Uh, you know, what did, what, what, what was, what, what were some of the ways people thought about death back in uh, the time of Christ? What were some of the ways, uh, you know, look, so thinking about uh, a Greek, Roman, Jewish, um, what, what were their, what were their thoughts on, on the afterlife? How did they, what did they think happened after you die? Because, you know, throughout history, uh, we, we as human beings wrestle with what, what happens after we die. That, that kind of is, kind of is the big question because, uh, everybody dies and there's, there's just no doubt about that. Uh, human, you know, throughout human history, uh, there, there hasn't been anybody that, that hasn't died. We've, we've all died. Something, Something has happened to all of us where we die, and that's that is part and parcel to being, to being a person and being human. And as we look around, as we look around us, death is everywhere, right? I mean, every fall, we see uh, we see the death of leaves and plants. As we move into the winter, um, most most of the vegetation around us here in Michigan uh, dies off, and and so we wait for spring for new life, for resurrection uh, through nature that, that we get to see. So we get to see this, this death and resurrection thing happening all around us all the time. And, uh, and it raises all kinds of questions and has, and has raised all kinds of questions over the years, over, over human history. As long as we uh, have been thinking about uh, existence, we have wrestled with this question of, of death and what happens after death. And uh, so... Uh, before we dive in, though, I want to invite uh, people who are listening to this later as a podcast or who might be 
watching this uh, later or even live streamed uh, via Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, uh, that you can be a part of our Zoom room where we record this and, and stream this live Thursdays at one o'clock uh, in the afternoon, Eastern time. We'd love for you to be here in the, in the room with us where you can ask questions, you can interrupt me. Uh, if there are questions or thoughts popped on, uh, on some of the social media feeds, I'll try to keep an eye on those and, uh, uh, and try to respond to those at the end. Uh, but if you're in the room, you get to interrupt me whenever you want. And so you may hear some voices uh, in this recording that are not mine. And those are my friends who are with me here in the Beyond Sunday School Zoom room. So if you want to get a link to that room, please send me a message. You can uh, reach me on just about any uh social media platform uh and i can get you the link to our to our zoom room uh to be a part of this this conversation so uh so some things so, so uh, to kind of set the stage a little bit as we think about this question about what's up with the resurrection uh the first thing we need to recognize is that there there is no doubt uh out there uh, really, uh, among anybody, uh, that this person, Jesus of Nazareth, died, that he was crucified. Uh, there's, there's really no question about that. That is, that is a, that, that's about as certain a historical fact as, as we can get. And so the question uh, before us is not, you know, is not did Jesus die on the cross? Was this man, Jesus of Nazareth, put to death uh, by, by the Romans? Uh, that's that's not really a, a question we need to spend a lot of time thinking about. That's kind of one of those uh, one of those things that we're just going to say, hey, we're, we're putting that out there as a as a fundamental uh, truth that that we just say, yeah, this person Jesus of Nazareth um, died, and and so we want to spend some time now looking at what happened in light of that. What happened in light of the reality of of his death? How you know why? Why do we talk about resurrection? Why is resurrection such an important thing uh, in, in the Christian faith? What, is it, what does it mean when the evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, and, and Paul, some of these other guys, uh, what does it mean when they talk about Jesus uh, coming back to life? Uh, when we, how, does, how, does that even, how does that even work? Where does this come from? Well, what kind of historical value can we give to, to their accounts? Uh, are they reliable? And some of those kinds of questions we need, we need to, to wrestle with. Um, and, and what difference does it make? You know, what difference does it make for, for the resurrection to have happened or not to have happened? How does it impact our lives? How, do, how does it shape our ability to, uh, to live lives uh, that are that are flourishing to to live life to the full what what does that what does that even mean for us um, and so we want to we want to try to wrestle through a lot of these questions but to get there uh, we need to do what we've been doing these last few series we want to try to look at uh, history we want to try to wrestle through what do we know about human society what do we know about uh, Greek 
life? What do we know about Roman life? What do we know about Jewish life at the time of Jesus? What are the, what were the, the ways that people thought about the world? How did people think about life and death and, and all of that? So we want to we try to wrestle through uh, some of those things together so that we can, we can try to put our hands uh, around some of this. Now, at the end of the day, you know, we, we also don't want to overstate things. We don't want to overstate some, some level of certainty that maybe we, maybe we, we can't really, you know, we can't really state right now. I think obviously a central part, central aspect of our Christian faith is, is the resurrection. And so we need to ask, is there good reason to believe? Is there good, is there, is there a good reason to trust that, um, that this is, that this was something that, that happened? I think there is. And, and to put my cards on the table, to put our cards on the table as people of faith, uh, we, we kind of start with a starting place of, of, of assuming that's true. And, um, and, and this, is, this is where a little bit of faith comes, comes to play for us. And, uh, but, but there is, I think there is good reason. I think there are ways that we can understand what's happening uh, through the context of history. So to, to get there, uh, we are uh, using uh, text that we've been using the last number of, number of months here uh, called The New Testament in Its World, An Introduction to the History, Literature, and Theology of the First Christians by N.T. Wright and Michael Bird. So that's the text that we're using. And uh, if you want to grab it, you can. You can get it from Amazon. It's not the cheapest book, uh, but it is a fantastic New Testament survey. It, it hits on uh, a lot of the most recent and best scholarly work that's out there. So I would recommend uh, grabbing a hold of that if you want to add something to your library. So, uh, so those of you, you know, here in the, the Zoom room, Janet, Joanne, and Dorothy, as you guys, as you guys think about life after death or what happens after um, after we die. What, what do you think are some of the options uh, floating around in our culture today? If, if someone were to say, hey, this is what uh, Americans in 2022 think happens after, after death, what, what do you think some people would be saying out there? What are some of the, the options uh, floating around in, in kind of our, uh, our cultural setting? Well, I worked as a hospice nurse for almost 10 years. And I just remember everybody said that when the person was gone, they went to a better place, mm. whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't yeah. matter who they were. Everybody went to a better place. Yeah. That was the pretty much the quote. I, I think a lot of people think there's nothing. It's just when you're gone, you're gone. You are no more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then yep. there's reincarnation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I yeah. think a lot of people think if you're good, you go to heaven. That's all that matters. You read quite often in obituaries, they join her husband or his wife up in heaven. And even though they maybe never accepted Christ as a savior, they still think if you're good, you're going to go to heaven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's safe to say that in our cultural landscape, there are a lot of different ideas about, 
what happens after we die. Right. And you know, the reality is, is that is, that is just as true for, um, in, in the first century as it is now. Uh, we probably, if we're really honest with ourselves, there are probably about as many ideas uh, about what happens after we die as there are people who die. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, all have, we all have some different ideas and conceptions about what we think it's going to be like uh, because it's one of those experiences that we, we don't know until we experience it. Uh, people don't, you know, out, outside of Jesus, nobody comes back and says, this is exactly how it is. And even when Jesus came back, he didn't say exactly this is how it is uh, after you die. Because Jesus was way more concerned about what happens uh, right here, right now, and how we live before we die. And um, so, so as, we, as we begin to wrestle with this question about what's up, what's up with resurrection, we want to take, take this first session to kind of look at... Um, we're, we're going to look at this, uh, this Greek and Roman kind of way of, of thinking about what happens uh, after death. So what is, you know, what is, what is life after death look like uh, for the Greeks and the Romans? Uh, there's, th- there's some great quotes that, that get dropped here. A couple of quotes um, from, from a, a Greek uh, a Greek poet and then a Roman poet uh, from uh, from Eumenides, uh, Eschelaus's play. Uh, this is Apollo speaking, and uh, and in this place is once a man has died, and the dust has soaked up his blood, there is no resurrection. So, at least in in some you know popular Greek uh, writing, they. We're just like, hey, there's no resurrection. It's over. Um, death is death. And then you have uh, in uh, Apollodorus's uh, The Library, says, while, while the pyre was burning, it is said that a cloud passed under Hercules and with a peal of thunder wafted him up to heaven. So as Hercules was dying, um, you know, he, he was just taken immediately to to heaven, whatever heaven might be in the, in that, in that Greek mindset. And so uh, that story sounds awful familiar to, you know, what what we hear about like Elijah uh, being, being taken up into heaven or Enoch being taken up into heaven. So these, these ideas uh, were, were floating around uh, in, in the culture, right? So you have, so you have, you have people wrestling uh, across cultures, with, with some of the with some similar ideas now uh, there are some uh, there are some some big things um, uh, so some kind of some chunks that we're going to look at some some broad categories we want to look at um, we we want to wrestle with uh, kind of this uh, there's this reality that uh, as we think about some of this um, death, death is, is permanent is, is one of the things that one of the bigger categories we we are going to look at. Um, there is in some places like that Hercules quote that heroes, uh, you know, they go right to heaven without, 
without dying and they live, they live beyond it. Uh, there was also the sense that uh, maybe the faithful who died are, are brought back to life. Uh, this is another, another concept that, that was kind of rolling around. So, so we're going we're gonna to walk through some of this, um, and we're going to begin with, Greeks, with the Greeks and the Romans. So one of the, when we start thinking about Greeks and Romans, you know, one of the, one of the places that, that we find a lot of the information and, and the way that they viewed the world um, was through plays and poetry, uh, because these, the, especially the Greeks, uh, they, they, they created art. They were such, such a creative people. And uh, so, so one of the, one of the big guys, uh, when you start talking about trying to wrap your mind around what uh, Greek culture might've been like, or what were some of the prevailing ideas was Homer, right? Um, the guy who wrote the Iliad and, uh, and you just can't, you can't underestimate uh, Homer's influence on the ancient world. His stories uh, permeated every, every walk of life. It was, um, he was, he was kind of everywhere. Uh, he was, he was one of those, one of those writers whose influence uh, was, was just beyond significant. And his influence even to this day uh, is, is felt. I mean, most of our, so many of our hero movies or action movies uh, really kind of play into the same, the same stories that Homer told. Uh, you can, you can, if you know Homer, you can kind of pick apart movies and say, oh, this was just like this play or that play, or here they're just doing a retelling of the Iliad. Uh, you can, you can see, you can see his influence uh, everywhere. So, so what did he make of, of what happens when you die? Well, uh, for Homer, after you died, you became this, uh, oh, how do we put this? A, a witless shadow, um, uh, a ghost. He uses three words for, uh, for those who died. He, he refers to um, them as shades or ghosts or phantoms. Uh, these are these are kind of the three main words that he uses, and so there's uh, there, there's there's something about people after they die that kind of still hang out and exist in in the created order for Homer. Uh, this is kind of his kind of his view of the world. So when you died, um, there was something about you that still kind of hung on. It was this the shade or ghost or phantom. Certainly not human, um, but uh, but it was kind of this this shadowy existence, and this existence of this this shadowy or, or um, kind of ghostly existence uh, lived in in the underworld, lived in lived in Hades, and uh, so uh, there's this. There's this story uh, in the Iliad uh, that, that describes this really well. There's this, uh, this scene. Uh, Achilles is confronted by his old friend. Um, uh, the guy's name is Patroc Patroclus. And uh, we'll just call him Pat because 
I don't want to, I'm terrible uh, with some of the names, but uh, he's, he's, he's killed uh, in battle and Achilles is going to go for revenge. And, um, and so Homer describes what happens uh, after, after Patroclus is dead and he comes back and he says, um, I'm going to, there i think i'm gonna dorothy i'm gonna mute you for a second i think you're think you might be back so um uh anyway he uh he comes back and he says uh patroculus shows up and, and he's and he's talking to achilles and achilles is looking at him knowing that he's dead but whatever this um whatever this ghost or phantom was, was real enough looking uh, that Achilles reaches out uh, the way that Homer describes this and, uh, you know, reaches out and it was, and he says it vanished like a wisp of smoke and went gibbering underground. Achilles leapt up in amazement. He beat his hands together and in desolation cried, ah, then it is true that something of us does survive even in the halls of Hades, but with no intellect at all. Only the ghost and semblance of a man for all night long, the ghost of poor Patroclus, and it looked exactly like him, has been standing at my side, weeping and wailing and telling me of all the things I ought to do. So obviously, right, this is, this is fiction. This is poetry. This is, you know, storytelling. It's an epic poem. But this is also, uh, it also gives us insight into what Homer thinks and, and how he thinks. Uh, this this existence happens and uh so 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 according to homer uh they are they are in hades and when we die we go to hades as some sort of kind of ghost spirit kind of thing um and uh no longer no longer human uh but but some aspect of ourselves and i think what's I think what's uh, what's really interesting here is this idea of no intellect at all, um, and so uh, for for Homer, kind of the the personhood aspect of of who we are was was wrapped up in in our intellect, and uh, and that gets lost uh, that gets lost when when we go to Hades. So uh, you could summarize it this way, according to Homer, that the inhabitants of Hades. Uh, are subhuman and without hope. They're just, they're just an existence there, and it's kind of this miserable, this miserable experience. Now, a second way um, uh, that the Greeks and Romans thought about what happened in life after death uh, was a disembodied experience, but fairly normal. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know how that works. You know, you're, you're, you're disembodied, but really everything's mostly normal. Um, maybe this is kind of the Beetlejuice, uh, uh, way of thinking about things, right? Um, if, if, if you've seen the movie Beetlejuice, uh, the, the main, the main characters, you know, have died and are now haunting their house and, uh, but they're, they're kind of living, kind of living a normal life, but, um, but they're, they're not normal. Uh, there's, there's something, something goofy going on, um, because they're, they're disembodied. And uh, so the way we know this is, is as we look through some of the writing, we look at some of the journals, we look at 
uh, some of the ways that that people uh, were talking about things and, and talking about what happens after they die is, is this deep-seated belief that when they died and went to Hades, uh, you know, this underworld place, uh, that they would meet up with friends, that they would meet up with family, that they would uh, hang out and be together down in Hades, just kind of live in life, uh, doing life in the underworld. Uh, so it was, it, you kind of did, did some normal things. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, there's this, uh, this Greek poet, uh, Pinder who, uh, you know, he talks about the afterlife and he says that, you know, in the, in the afterlife, there's writing and gaming and gymnastics and drinking parties. Uh, all these things happen down in Hades. And uh, so it's, it's not the worst kind of thing to have happen to you when you die. Uh, so, you know, this, so, so the Greeks, Greeks understood that uh, in this way. Um, so there's, there's, there's this idea. So some practices, uh, pictures and stories indicated there was hope for a continuing life, not too different from the present. So that, that's a second way uh, that, that the Greeks thought about life after death, that uh, even though we're disembodied, we, we still get to kind of live our lives a little bit. Uh, the third way, the third thing, uh, and this is from, this is really from Plato. And Plato uh, is another one of these guys who has such a significant role in human history and culture making. Uh, so significant that we really cannot overlook it. Um, and even as you read through things like uh, the New Testament, you will, you will see the influence of, of Plato. And, uh, and so, so Plato, uh, his understanding is that when we die, our souls are, are, relate, are, are released from prison. He kind of saw, saw this world that we live in as, as a prison, um, and our souls need to be released from it. He, he understood that this bodily life uh, that we lived was full of delusion and lies, and it was it was just, it was just kind of, kind of broken and messed up a little bit. And so, um, and so when we, when we think about what happens after we die for Plato, he's like, oh, we are released from, from this kind of bodily prison. And, and now we get to, we get to move into, into, uh, in a, in a true reality. Um, and, and there was a flourishing, according to Plato, that we would experience or that we would know uh, in light of, in, in light of um, being finally released from, from our body. And, uh, and so for, for Plato, he goes a step further uh, than, than the other two ideas here. May, you know, under, under Homer, Hades was kind of an awful place with no hope, uh, with, with Pinder and some of the uh, other Greek uh, thinkers and, and playwrights, there was some hope there, but for Plato, Hades was a great place, which is why nobody ever came back from Hades. He's like, souls don't come back because being in Hades is awesome. 
because you're finally free. You can finally flourish and be who you truly are. Uh, because for, for Plato, his, his understanding of the way the cosmos worked uh, is this idea of, of forms. Um, and so, you know, as we look around the world, as we look around the physical universe, right? Uh, you know, we all know what a chair is. We look at a chair, we sit in a chair. Well, for Plato, that chair was derived from a form, from a perfect chair. Uh, and that perfect chair does not exist in the physical realm. And uh, so when we go to Hades, when we die, when we are released from, from our bodily existence, now we get to move among the forms. We get to move among uh, the things that are perfect. And uh, so none of us, none of us want to want to come back from that. And um, uh, Wright and Bird say it this way and, and kind of summarizing Plato's position. They say, the soul, in fact, was at present kept as a prisoner within the body, which was both a weight and a penance to it. One should not then fear death. It would be the birthday of one's eternity. Um, and so you can see some of the echoes of uh, Christian thought here, right? Uh, how, how some, uh, how Christianity uh, developed some ideas potentially from Plato and this idea, some of these ideas that were, that were running around because Platonic thought was, was everywhere. It was floating through the culture of, of the time that the New Testament was being written. So, uh, so these ideas, um, these ideas of Plato definitely influenced Christian teachers and, and some of this, we're getting closer and closer here to, to some ideas of resurrection. So if that's some of the, the Greek stuff, uh, what about some of the Romans? Well, uh, one of the big pieces that the Romans add to this uh, is, is this idea of becoming a god um, when, when you die. If you are a great man, then you get to become a god. And by great man, they mean the emperor. <laughs> so if you're the emperor, you get to become a god when you die. Um, now, most of the emperors uh, tried to, you know, they, they were kind of tried to be humble um, by saying, well, I'm not a God yet, but I will be when I die. And uh, so this was, this was kind of their, their idea here that they, that the emperors could become a God uh, or, you know, if you were kind of a lousy emperor, you just become a star. Um, you know, that was, that was kind of the, the, the terrible thing, but it's, it's interesting again to, to think about uh, this idea of becoming a god or, be, or, or, or becoming a star and the influence that that, that has had through Western uh, civilization, right? Because, you know, you talk to some people even today and uh, they look up at the stars and, and some of our, our kind of modern ideas is, uh, include uh, this, this idea of, of the stars uh, representing uh, representing people who have, who have gone on before us. So this is, this is something that, that's, that's continued to have influence uh, in, our, in our culture. Uh, now, as, so, so those are some of the bigger, uh, some of the big ideas that, that the Greeks and the Romans held on to. Um, but 
so if that's if that's some of their ideas of, of, of what happens to life after death, what about stories of coming back from the dead? Uh, did did they hold on to any of those kinds of ideas, right? Uh, or was was resurrection just this new thing that uh, that Christianity came up with? Well, uh, even in the Old Testament, uh, we we try to we we can see things, uh, see discussions, and people talking about engaging with those uh, who have who have died. So there is something there is something within human history within. Um, our humanity that where, where we where we want to believe uh, that there is there's existence after death and we can and we can interact with it and so uh, the first thing that we see in in some of these stories uh, from from back in the in antiquity is necromancy uh, this necromancy is a fancy word with with to, to describe talking with the dead uh, communicating with people who are in Hades, right? Um, so there were necromancers. There were people who uh, said that they had the ability to uh, to communicate with the dead. Uh, you see, you see this uh, represented in, in Achilles' story with Patroclus, right? We we see it uh, in the Old Testament um, where uh, Saul goes to to talk with Samuel. So he goes to a necromancer and, and uh, she's able to, to, to raise Samuel uh, to, to talk to him. Uh, we see it uh, in some sense, there's not, not truly necromancy, but, but an idea, a similar concept uh, where uh, Jesus is, is kind of telling the story, you know, Abraham, uh, you know, the Lazarus and, and Abraham's bosom and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's there's some interesting stuff going on there, um, so there's there is there is this idea that that comes out of uh, Greek and Roman culture in, in antiquity of people seeking and, and finding the ability to communicate with those uh, those who have died, and so and so there is again tying tying them to this sense that there is some sort of existence after we die. This was a commonly held uh, belief. Now you have uh, you have other stories that get told, right? Of people who actually return uh, from from the underworld, and probably the most famous is uh, Homer's story of Odysseus, um, who goes to Hades and and comes back, right? And uh, and so there there is this idea that that people could go to Hades and potentially return. Now, uh, talking with the dead uh, and going to Hades and coming back, uh, those, are, those are wild stories, wild ideas, interesting things to think about, but they certainly don't uh, connect to resurrection. So was there... Was there any, any parallel in Greek and Roman antiquity uh, to this idea of resurrection that we see with the person of Christ? Um, and, uh, and so there, there is. Um, there there is, is some of this floating around. And it was primarily uh, found amongst the philosophers, right? So conversations... Um, 
about from Plato and uh, in Pythagoras, uh, these guys, these guys wrestling through some of this stuff. And, um, and so uh, Bird and Wright put it this way, say, there was one belief widely held by philosophers, according to which the dead did indeed return from some kind of this worldly it did indeed return to some kind of this worldly and bodily existence. This was the theory of metempsychosis, the transmigration or reincarnation of souls. And uh, so Plato, uh, he, he kind of laid out uh, his, his plan. And it was very simple. He says, after death, the souls of all humans wait for a period uh, whereupon they're given the chance, given the choice of what sort of creatures they will become in their next existence, such as a swan, a lion, an eagle, or maybe another human. And uh, the souls then proceed through what he calls the plane of oblivion. They drink from the river of forgetfulness and pass into their next existence. Um, and uh, so this, this rings very similar, very true uh, to, you know, some of the modern, some of our modern conceptions of, of reincarnation and ancient conceptions of reincarnation. I mean, we have to remember that you know, Hinduism uh, is, is incredibly old. And, uh, you know, this, this idea of reincarnation was part and parcel. Um, and, uh, and so we see a lot, you see a lot of parallels here in Plato's uh, idea about reincarnation to uh, Hindu's idea of karma and and its, its understanding of, of reincarnation. Um, so again, we, we don't see this resurrection idea, not at least not in the, uh, not in the, not in the Christian sense, because in the Christian sense of resurrection, uh, it's a bodily resurrection. It's a real resurrection. It's not, uh, it's not just a disembodied spirit. It's not a ghost. It's not something, um, it's not something ethereal. It's, it's, it's very much real. This is why after the resurrection, you have the interaction between Jesus and Thomas. And Thomas was like, yeah, if that's really you, let me touch, you know, let me touch the holes. Let me, you know, let me see your hands. Let me touch your side. And uh, Jesus says, go for it. They're right here. And, and Thomas is able to touch, right? Like it's, it's real. There is a real bodily resurrection that takes place in the Christian faith. And so, uh, so what, we, what we see in Greek and Roman, uh, in the Greek and Roman culture and philosophy and poetry in their culture, we don't find any real direct parallels to uh, the Christian idea of, of resurrection. Um, for them, really, I think by and large, we can, we can say that death was a one-way trip, that uh, regardless of, of, what, of what the Greek or, um, or Roman idea about death was, it was one way. When you died, you died. You went to Hades, the underworld, the, the place of the dead, and you stayed there. Um, and, and, and that was it. And, and there, was, there was no more. 
And so whether you held to this, you know, disembodied, but kind of normal idea where there was some hope or, or maybe you held on to Plato's idea of souls being released from prison and it's actually pretty good. That's why nobody wants to come back. Um, it was still one way. And, and so we cannot get, we cannot get to the Christian conception of the resurrection of Christ uh, really directly from Greek and Roman thought. Uh, is, there's no good, real clear, direct parallels. So, um, so that is, uh, that is the, that is the understanding that that's some of the, that first century, uh, secular, uh, concepts we could say. And, um, so next week we are going to look at, uh, the old Testament and the Jewish conception of, of what happens after we die and, uh, and try to try to see what, what were some of the ideas floating around uh, in the old Testament and how do those compare? Uh, and does that get us any closer to the Christian new Testament conception of, of resurrection? So, uh, as we, as we wrap, wrap this first, this first week up, this first session up, um, do you have any questions, anything that, uh, yeah, any, any questions from this week? Um, anything floating around your mind that, that you want to ask? I, I have a question. Yeah. So I never realized that they looked at Hades in so many different ways. Were these all, were they different time periods? Did it change over time or were they all kind of concurrent? Um. I think the answer is yes. They were all kind of concurrent. They all, but they were all during different times and they, and it changed, you know, it, it kind of flexed as, well, I just wondered um, if there was like a progression, you know? Yeah. It, from, from my reading, it doesn't seem to be, uh, there doesn't seem to be necessarily a progression. A lot of this stuff is happening at the same time. It's just, yeah. um, you know, just like, just like in our day and age where you have people looking at the world from different perspectives, um, you know, you had, you had kind of that, that going on there too. So obviously the, the, some of the Roman stuff uh, was, you know, the, the Roman conception of the emperors becoming gods was, was, was later in development after the, after the Greek conceptions. Um, but uh, I thought that, I thought the emperor was already considered a God. No, no, they, this was, this is one of those things where, the, again, the emperors kind of wanted to put on this humility hat and say, well, I will become a god when I die. But right now, I'm not a god yet. Now, the outlying, uh, you know, a lot of the outlying provinces of the empire would worship the current emperor as a deity um, I, yeah. as a means to create social cohesion, right? Okay. Um, even though the emperor himself would tell you, I'm not a God yet, but most of the emperors did not exactly feel bad about, uh, people in the <laughs> empire already treating them like gods. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of this like chicken or the egg kind of thing a little bit. Um, uh, but they, you know, the, these emperors had this goofy sense of honor um, 
where they, they really did want to appear to be humble, which is why if you were to ask any of them, they would say, I don't become a God until after I die. Um, would would even Nero though, that? Oh, Nero, no, I think Nero was one of the, there's, there's like two or three exceptions to this. And I think okay. Nero was one of those <laughs> who was like, oh, heck no, I'm a God now. Let's roll. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think Caligula might've been another one who was like, yeah, um, feel free to worship. So, <laughs> oh. So Dan, you mentioned necromancy. Is yeah. is that is that like the psychics of today, and the kind of stuff that they do? Yeah, it, I, it's. I think there's. I think you. I think there's some some similarities there, right? I think there's some some parallels, um, and uh, you know they're probably. I think, I think you could say that they're that that's that's probably a technical term for what a lot of uh, people would say that uh, psychics are doing these days. Um, is this idea of of talking communing with with the dead and uh so that's a yeah so that's that that is technically necromancy so um yeah so so you guys you guys got some props on facebook by the way uh joanne i think your your question about uh you know, weren't the emperors already gods? They got a got a thumbs up from my friend Bianca, uh, who was like, "Yeah, uh, she had that same question." <laughs> so, see, other people have the questions that are running around in your heads, and so okay. it's great. To, it's great to ask them. Oh, well. Any anything else? Any other questions? Not for me. Can't think of any. All right. Well, then uh, we'll wrap this week up. And uh, again, if you are watching this via Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, uh, either live or after the fact or listening to this as a podcast uh, afterwards, uh, boy, I would, um, I would love for you to be in the Zoom room Thursdays at one o'clock uh, where you two could ask questions and even interrupt me. Uh, as, as, as we, as we look at uh, this question of, of what's up with resurrection. So until, until next week, love well, my friends.